All right, so make sure I'm <laughs> I I it's Tyler Kolka. That's how we're yeah, gonna yeah. say your name. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Lawrence Tech. All right, gotcha. Yep. John Vogel, NFL Draft Blitz. We're sitting here right now with Tyler Kolka out of Lawrence Tech. And let's let's start out with what I first told you, Tyler. You were at the Tropical Bull scrimmage. Um I had no idea who you were when you stepped out there on the field and you started throwing some dimes. And I mean, just like we remember what I said, the placement, the ball placement, the, ball, the placement. <laughs> ah, so I was like, who is this kid? And I figured it out relatively quickly. It was like Lawrence tech. I don't even know where Lawrence tech is. You had to tell me it's in Michigan, you yep. know? So yep. right I was going to, I was guessing New York. Right. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, so like, you're a small school guy. You got a chance to play at the tropical Bowl scrimmage. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what were you able to take away from that event? And uh, what was your impression? Uh, honestly, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity to go and showcase my talents. Um, I think, you know, I think anytime you can go out and be in front of the right people is a good opportunity for, you know, guys coming out um, of, of college and, you know, trying to make it to the NFL and make it to, to the next level and professional. I think in any opportunity where you can be in front of those guys and like you said, sh- show off my talents, putting, putting that, making that ball placement and putting the ball in the right spot and then also showing velocity and accuracy and things of that nature. And then, you know, the grit of, you know, I want to get better. I want to work after practice. I want to work with these guys. You know, I think anytime you get an opportunity to be in front of, you know, people at the next level it's a great opportunity and that's what the tropical bowl gave me and it's interesting too because one of the guys that i talked to on here was sean coin okay and you know the kid that was out of new hampshire's at the tropical bowl there with you and mm-hmm. you know we i guess we ran that probably about a week ago we were got him i taped him live there at the hotel uh-huh. but um one of the things that we were talking about was you know like once i think i think it was off camera so i think we were done talking okay and i said what did you think about that Kolka kid? And he went, man, he was like, he was throwing speed outs to me that, you know, we'd never run the speed out before. And it was there. It was right where it had to be, you know? So I was like, that's what I was thinking too, man. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was, it was, it was, it was astonishing, honestly, you know, cause mm-hmm. you were, you, that's a timing route, right? You know, people yep. don't, people don't realize timing routes take so much time to get down and get into the nitty gritty of, and, you know, really get oh, yeah. on the same page with your receiver. And so when you're out there your first 15 minutes of practice and you're throwing speed outs, it's like, mm-hmm. and you're putting it down here low away from the defender and the, in the right spot. It's like, man, yeah, I mean, I'll see that any day. So <laughs> yes, know, sir. Uh, I'll take that any day or anything. So, mm-hmm. and that but, comes with uh, what that comes with. That comes with a lot of repetition, you know, at LTU, that's what I did. I would take my receivers out. We worked three or four days a week in the summer working on those timing routes and people don't understand the importance of timing with your receivers. I think, I think, I think quarterbacks do, but like, like literally I was going with my guys three or four days a week and it was, and that's how I got so good at it. Working with those guys over and over and over again on that, that little thing and the little nuances of, you know, a zone coverage versus a man coverage or how, how we want to ball placement on this the speed out or versus you know a deeper speed out and you know stuff like that like it's it's a dying thing and i think i think more and more people need to see the importance of day in and day out working with your receivers i think that's and then working on the stuff you're going to do in the game and i feel like that was a huge product of that doing it over and over with those guys well the so that's that brings up an interesting thought 
to me as a question where have you worked with enough guys at this point where you're able to kind of, you see somebody, you know, you start practicing with them and it's like, Oh, you, you pair them with a guy that you threw to before and you start, mm-hmm. yep. is that, is that something, is that a real thing that happens? Yeah, that's very, that's, 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 it's a very, very real thing that happens. You know, you, you get these pictures in your mind of these receivers that you've thrown with over and over and over again. And, you know, for me at LTU, I was, I would, I would take anybody, even if it was, you know, a third string receiver or a scout team player or an incoming freshman, like it didn't matter who they were. Um, high school guys from my brother's team that wanted to get some work in or even some younger cats. I even threw with uh, um, some of the kids from my old high school that were, you know, ninth graders or whatever. And, you know, doing doing that like is is insurmountable when you go to when you go and throw it even to these bigger guys you you pair them up with these players in your mind and it makes it so much easier to get the timing down with these guys like yeah I, I highly agree that's exactly what it is you're like okay this this receiver reminds me of this guy so I'm going to throw it a lot like I would this guy so another question too to kind of ask about is 17 you know that's the number that you wear at Lawrence Tech mm-hmm. why 17 was that a chance number or is there a reason for that uh, honestly, so I, I, I'm a, I'm a big athlete. I'm a four sport athlete. I grew up playing hockey. Actually, I started when I was three years old. Um, and I being from Detroit, I was a big Red Wings fan. So, um, my favorite Red Wing growing up, uh, was Brett Hall. He was uh part of the 2002 Stanley cup championship team at, for the Red Wings. And so I wore 17 kind of growing up and playing hockey. So it was kind of like my number. And then, you know, going to play quarterback in football, I was like, well, I'm just going to adopt that number. And then you know, the fact that, you know, seven is complete and one, I want to be the number one player out there everywhere I go. So, you know, it's kind of like I've built that as I gone on, but it all started from actually playing hockey and having Brett Hall be my favorite Red Wing and being number 17 because of him. The guy that I think of when I see 17, this is because he was my lifelong favorite player. It was Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Stud, a, stud a quarterback, player. right? That had mm-hmm. the weirdest release and all this and blah, blah, blah. And had the exactly. knocks coming out. Mm-hmm. Look at what he did, you know, he, Yep. Sucks that he never won a Super Bowl, but you know yep. that man—he's a champion of life. So, like, that's what oh, matters yeah. at the end of the day. And did um, a, did a great job for the Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a great pro, and even the Colts that year too—the one year. Yep, the Colts, I highly so. agree. Yeah, he played really well with the Colts. So let's talk a little bit about you and football. So obviously, you said four-sport athlete. Seventy percent of draft picks last year. I'm not saying you're a draft pick. Don't don't take it that way yet. But I'm just saying, like, seventy percent so. of draft picks. That would be nice. Would. Mm-hmm. Um, 70% draft picks last year were multi-sport athletes, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I think football is one of those sports that you can take so much, you know, oh, yeah. uh, from different sports and apply to because of the versatile skill sets that each position mm-hmm. has, you know, football is a, it's a very broad sport in terms of what players can do and different ways that you can impact the oh, game yeah. with different skill sets. Exactly. So talk a little bit about when you started playing football, how you started playing football and when did that become you know, the number one sport that you went to pursue. So I, I actually, I grew up like loving football. My, I actually used to watch my dad's old high school highlight tape. My dad never played in college or anything like that. He's, he's a, he's a global chief executive engineer. Um, and that's kind of why I went into mechanical engineering in college, but I grew up watching his high school highlights and, um, you know, just, just like loving the game and would always have a football in my hand and I'd be running by the mirrors in my house, like, checking to make sure my form, my form was, my form was good or whatever and stuff like that. Um, and then it kind of just developed. So I just always loved sports. So then I played hockey and I played baseball. Um, and then it came to a point where hockey was pretty expensive and then schools, middle schools, so actually growing up, um, you know, I'm a very religious person and every single league around me played football on Sundays. 
Um, so I, I felt like it was very important and my parents felt like it was very important to, to actually, to, to make sure I'm going to church every Sunday. Um, and so I actually never played football up until, um, middle school. Um, so at that point I had to decide because I played hockey all growing up. So I had to decide that I want to play hockey or do I want to play football? Um, and I, I grew up loving football. So I decided I was going to play football and, you know, I loved it. Um, I went out and started in seventh grade, um, and then played, um, my middle school years and, and loved that. Um, and then obviously played basketball in middle school and then in high school, um, I ran track in middle school actually. And then in high school, um, I went to, um, football, basketball, and baseball. I always grew up playing baseball. Um, and then my freshman year after football, the hockey coach was a part of the freshman football team. So he asked me if I wanted to come and, and play on the hockey team. So I, I was able to do that as well in high school. So that's why I was a four sport athlete. Um, and then, you know, my high school career was, was actually, it was, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, so there's no question. I was, I was a talented player. I went through my high school career. Um, and there, there was a, my freshman year, I came in and I had, I showed promise. There was a battle for a, the starting quarterback job with a junior and a sophomore. Um, and the junior won, I think, um, you know, I don't really know. I was, I was on the freshman team, um, the junior won. Um, and then I guess he quit football, decided he didn't want to play anymore. Um, so they started this sophomore and he was a really good player. His name's Brennan Walt Rolfs. He got, he signed with, uh, Hillsdale college, um, and played there his four or five years or whatever. He's, he was a great player. Um, and so, but I never really got the opportunity to play. Um, so yeah, I was behind him for three years. He was a sophomore. I was a freshman. Um, and so he started his senior year and I played a little bit, um, and I was expected to start my senior year. Um, and so I started the the first three games of my senior year and we couldn't stop anybody. I, I had a great three games my senior year, but, um, we couldn't stop anybody. So I actually played middle linebacker the rest of the year and played receiver. It's crazy. Um, you know, just being an athlete or whatever. Um, but before my senior year, I, I went to the BYU football camp, um, and I won quarterback of the week when I was there. Um, and my seven on seven on seven on seven team won the championship. So I thought right before going in the season, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go play football at BYU. That's, that's my, that's been my dream. That's my goal, whatever. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to the season, you know, I, I got bench, you can call it, but really it was, I was playing well. We just lost, we lost two of the three, first three games. Um, so I got moved to middle linebacker and played receiver. And the rest of the year, we ended up being able to stop people when I moved to middle linebacker and, um, we ended up having a great season. I think we went seven and three, and then we lost to Cass Tech, which is a big powerhouse school in Michigan. Right. Um, and we lost to actually Mike Weber from Ohio State. He was a stud player. Oh, um, yeah. I remember Mike Weber. He, uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. I had to, I met him in the hole when we played Cass Tech my senior. I met him in the hole and stalemated him. You know, he, he definitely ran me over, but I stalemated him for a second and got the tackle, you know, from me being a quarterback. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, Anyway, after after high school, um, I decided I was going to go serve a two year mission um, and then walk on at BYU because, you know, I feel like my coach kind of went to bat for me. And I, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to walk on at BYU. Then I feel like I am talented enough. You know, I kind of did that for the love of the game and the team or whatever um, in high school. But, you know, I, I feel like I could walk on and play at a big name school. Um, so I went on my two year mission Um and then for my church and actually had an amazing experience out there, became kind of like a pastor of the Mormon mission. Um, and I actually baptized five people while I was out there. It was an amazing experience out there. Um, Where did you go for that, man? Because I know the, like, you, I'm assuming you're LDS if you've done a two-year mission. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I so am. I am LDS. You guys mm -hmm. travel all over the place. Where'd you go? 
Yeah, I went to San Francisco, uh, Oakland, California. So I was in okay. San Francisco, in the city, in the financial district for nine months of my mission. And then um, the rest of my month, I was bouncing around the various areas of Oakland, um, Castro Valley, Antioch, um, those mm-hmm. kind of areas. Awesome. Um, it was a great it was a great experience. I loved it. Um, you know, serving, serving people and looking for, you know, looking, looking at them in the eyes of, you know, God and wanting them to come closer to God is, is just an experience I'll never forget. Um, you know, a lot of times in life we, we, we meet certain people, make judgments on them, stuff like that. And, you know, on a mission, it was very cool to kind of look at someone like, like in the eyes of God and like, come, come to, come to God. It was, you know, it was, it was a very, 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 very different experience. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, coming back from that, I was like, well, I'm going to walk on to BYU. And then while I was out there, um, the, uh, the coaches that I all knew, uh, Bronco Mendenhall at BYU, um, coach John Beckett, um, was the quarterback's coach at the time. Um, I, those are the guys that I knew from the camp, um, and stuff like that. Um, they all left and went to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they hired Kalani Sataki and I don't know if you knew who I was or whatever. Um, but I was like, well, I'm still going to go to school there. I'm going to try. Right. That was kind of my plan. And then two months before I came home, um, I got a call from, or, uh, email message or whatever because we can't call and talk to our parents or whatever we're gone but um i got email or whatever that the head coach at ltu they were just starting football um and he wanted me to come in and be like like the starter and the guy and the leader kind of being a little older and stuff like that um and it was close to home 30 minutes or whatever and it was nai school and they they were just starting football so i was like okay I i would love the opportunity and i get to play right away and you know i get to put my name on something um and so I went to LTU and, you know, the first year was a redshirt year. So I'm a little bit older from than, than most guys coming out. I'm 26. Um, so the two-year mission and then the first year we got redshirted, then obviously COVID year. So mm-hmm. um, so I was there for five years. I was a captain and uh, st- the starter there for five years and got to see what it's like to build a program from the ground up. And I got a lot of experience um, with the first head coach that was there. We ran a very pro-style offense. And then the last two years um, – uh, they, they changed the offense to an RPO spread. So I got a lot of, um, experience doing a little bit of both. And then also a lot of experience being a leader, not just doing it. Like the most guys coming out right now, you know, maybe it may have been a captain for the last year, or the last two years, I right. got to be, you know, a starter as a freshman, but then also a captain for five years. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing experience that I'll never take back. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. And, for me, it was, you know, God direct me, directing me to where exactly where I needed to be. That makes sense. No. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we, the, it's kind of funny the last few days on this is I've been recording with a bunch of different guys and have a bunch of different dudes come through, you know, the, the post tropical mm-hmm. bowl, just how many people coming on this thing have had a different experience per se with faith and how God directed them into, yeah. you know, something they were doing. And I guess it's a, you know, I'm a man of faith myself. And so yeah. it's refreshing. It's like, it's like, okay, you know, it's a good reminder to keep right. hearing these stories of these good things that happen on that mm-hmm. side of things. Um, exactly. Talking about your game. And so to be straight, I don't think that your arm strength is great. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably going to be the biggest knock that a team's going to have on you is you're not going to push the ball really far down the field. Mm-hmm. That being said, we've seen guys be successful without, having a cannon for an arm, right? You look at a right. guy like Peyton Manning, you look at a guy now like Joe Burrow. These are guys that don't have cannons for arms, but they can push the ball down the field right. and, you know, effectively enough to get it to the receivers with timing. And yep. so that's why that's what stood out to me, right? Was the timing aspect that you would get down so quickly. 
So talk a little bit about your game, some of the strengths that you have in it and some of the things that you're able to play to, to help uh, create an advantage. Well, I think for me, the biggest thing is accuracy. Um, I've, I've actually, me and my uh, coach at LTU talk about all the time, Shane Lacanaria is, you know, you can have the strongest arm in the world, but at the, at the end of the day, how, how far do you really need to throw it in a game? Maybe 60, 50, 50 60 yards, um, and, you know, on certain plays with timing and stuff like that. Um, so for me, um, the biggest thing that I think I excel at is I have a really quick release um, and uh, I have really good mechanics. And then also, like you said, I'm, I'm very accurate. So, you know, I'll, I'll go toe to toe with anyone and, you know, go back to back to back and throw balls and throw balls and throw balls. And, you know, I would say I, I could put myself with anyone in the country with accuracy. Um, and I think with me, another thing that separates me is, you know, I think the game is more going to making these off platform throws and off schedule throws and things of that nature, like, like Patrick Mahomes and like, what made Zach Wilson so marketable when he was coming out of BYU. Um, so for me, I think I'm really good at that. And I would love to showcase that opportunity, um, you know, going to a camp and something like that. Cause I feel like one of my strengths is actually being able to throw off platform and be able to make those, those crazy throws across the field that not a lot of people are able to make. Yeah. And that's what that is going exactly where the game is. And it's mm -hmm. because, you know, when you look at the top three paid positions yep. in the NFL right now, it's quarterback. He's number yep. one, obviously. Like, you know, you yeah. keep seeing the every, every, it seems like every deal is a record breaker, right? You know, it's like, oh, wait, yeah. Patrick Mahomes just signed a $500 million contract. And then the next week, right, somebody's right, signing right. one that's not as long, but more money every year. So, mm -hmm. quarterback is obviously number one. When you look at number two, it's edge rusher, it's a defensive yes. end, you know, mm -hmm. the guy that directly impacts the quarterback, the guy that you're going to sign to put the pressure on the quarterback. And mm -hmm. then after that, it's left tackle, right? Yep. offensive tackle that's the that's the next highest paid position yep which surprises a lot of people that don't understand football but yeah let's go into that because of the emphasis put on edge rushers and being putting pressure on the quarterback you right. have to be able to move outside of the pocket and extend plays improvise mm -hmm. when you need to it's just part of the game now at this point exactly um, i think honestly you're gonna see these guys like you know we talk about kirk cousins we talk about Derek carr uh that type of quarterback is going to die is, is dying right now in front of our very eyes because yeah. they don't throw well off platform they don't move they have to operate from the pocket and that just yep. limits your offense so much mm -hmm. uh, as everybody gets better across the field you know the other positions yep. start to flourish so mm -hmm. that being said what are some of the things that you're trying to work on right now man because football is a game of self-evaluation right where you're yep. constantly having to look at yourself in the mirror watch the game film and see the things that you do bad. What are some of those things that you're trying to work on right now to kind of improve on and make it more of a strength in your game? Well, I think for me, um, there's, there's a couple of things that I've been working on very heavily. Um, one, as you talked about arm strength, I've gotten, you know, I've been doing um, a long toss. Like every single time I go out and throw, I'll do a long toss drill. That's kind of, you know, lengthening how far I can throw the football. Um, so I, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten to, you know, 67, 65 yards and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting stronger in that front. Um, I think the big thing, another big thing for me is working on my 40. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'm really quick and I'm shifty. I'm like, I can catch you. Um, but my biggest thing is when I need to go, um, cut loose and take off, I, I don't have that, 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 that long-term speed and that's what I'm trying to work on right now is you know getting that getting that 40 getting my 40 down um to about a four eight right now I'm running probably about five, five high low five flat um or to high four nine um and my plan is to try and before my pro day with you know six weeks of training 
um, and stuff like that. My plan is to try and try and get that down to, you know, maybe a four eight or something of that nature. Um, and then lastly, you know, being a student in the game, the biggest thing for me is that I've been studying recently is I'm very good with coverages. Um, I had a really good coach in college that kind of taught me how to identify coverage even before the snap. So I'm, I got, I've gotten really good at that. Um, and then even to expand more, um, for me now is, is, um, identifying fronts. And so that's kind of been my big, um, focus on studying, um, those specifically just, you know, whether it's a four, three or a five, two, or, or what they're trying to do with, um, with linebackers and how they're trying to, um, cover the flats and certain coverages and things of that nature. So that's been the thing that's, that's been the thing I've trying to, you know, improve in my game, um, big time with just understanding fronts. Um, so as well as I already know, very well with coverages and identifying that, but now knowing um, fronts and what, what the D lineman is trying to do um, is, has been a big thing for me. And I, like we said before, um, you know, with edge rushers and stuff like that, being able to understand that, but then be able to know what I can do and how I can maneuver the pocket to throw off platform and make plays. Well, here's the thing I think that's going to change a lot when you get to that next level, right? Is when you look at the NFL right now, there's a ton of there's a ton of two different types of coverages that you don't see a whole lot in college, at least not the way that right. they're designed in the NFL. And the shell coverages, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that the Eagles are running, a lot of teams have done it to take away Justin Jefferson and you know force right. him to stay underneath. It's yep. a lot of it's a shell type coverage with a lot of options in it. And yep. then the other one is disguises, right? And just having a versatile. It requires a versatile, you know, secondary right. to do it. But having yep. guys that play somewhat positionless and drop all over the field into different places uh, just to mm-hmm. create more confusion. Yep. Um, that's the direction of the league. That's the direction of football. And that's going to start yep. to trickle down into you know the lower levels as, yep. as it continues to uh, evolve. But They're trying to make it harder and harder for quarterbacks to make plays. Again, yeah, it goes right back to we talked about edge rushers, right? This first way you directly impact the quarterback, the other way is you confuse them. And that's how exactly. you do it is, you know, so if you can right. confuse him when you can't get there, uh, mm-hmm. that makes him less effective. So exactly. Let's talk a little bit, a little bit more about you in the sense of how do you learn? What is the best way to teach you something? Uh, for me, I'm a, I'm a big time hands-on learner. Um, and then I think I, I just have this, like this drive of myself, like I'm going to do whatever it takes. Um, so for me, like with studying film and stuff like that, like, you know, I'm the kind of person that's going to do whatever it takes. If I need to watch three to four hours of film a night or, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, even in college, you know, trying to break down a team, I'm going to do it because, you know, I'm that kind of guy. Like I just want to do like whatever it takes to be successful and to be able to play this great game. And so for me, like I have this internal drive, but then for me learning, I'm a huge hands-on guy. Like that's why I became an engineer. I actually became an engineer because I grew up building Legos and, you know, um, love just working with my hands and things of that nature. So for me, like, you know, I learned the best that way is going out and doing it. So, you know, specifically, um, you know, understanding uh, fronts and things like that, I'll, I'll go out and work specific drills of, you know, if, 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 if this alignment's cutting this way, I'm going to make this move or I'm going to step this way a certain way. So I, I've kind of incorporated drills into my training with um, receivers and things of that nature where, you know, if he's lined up like this, I know that he's going to want to spike inside. And so with that, I know that I'm going to have to either, if my alignment doesn't know that I'm going to have to shift this way. And if he does, and he gets a really good set on him, then I can know that I can step up in the pocket and make a play. So it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like, it's getting that hands-on learning. So with the film that I'm watching and then, you know, portraying it and getting out in the field and actually doing it. 
So how many hours do you typically spend? I mean, outside of school, right? Cause you're, when you're in college, you're going to school and then you're going, you know, you're doing football too. How many additional right. hours are you doing a week uh, prepping for a game? Like, what does that kind of look like outside of what this, the coaches have you assigned and doing at the, you know, the facility? Right. Well, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big film guy. Um, actually, it's, I don't know if it's great to say this, but I was, I was, so I, I got a 3.2 in mechanical engineering. So I was doing pretty good. Um, but I would, I would even watch film in class a lot of the time just because I was all through college. I was, <gasps> I was doing great, but you know, in my mind, I was, I was a football comes first kind of guy. I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And so, you know, even during class, I would be watching film, you know, and putting in hours a week. I never really, um, counted, but I would say, I would say I was definitely at the top of my team every week. And, you know, definitely a guy that, you know, broke down a lot of film each week on not only just coverages and identifying what the team wanted to do, but then also watching specific players and, um, how they lined up and what they wanted to do as well. So for me, like, Oh, I don't know. Pro I would say, I would say it's at least above 20, um, could be around 30 or 40 just because, of how much I loved watching film and trying to get, get my mind right and get my body, my mind and body ready to play on Saturday. And so for me, it was actually really great because I would go to practice the next day and I would have already watched the certain coverages. So I'd be almost coaching the scout team as to what they need to do. It was kind of crazy actually. Sounds like it. <laughs> wow. So yep. what is that impression that you're trying to create when you sit there and you talk with a team about, what type of player they're going to get, get with you and what you're going to bring to them? Um, well, I think, I think the big thing that I want to portray to them is that, you know, being a small school guy, I have this chip on my shoulder. Like I've, I want to be great. I want to make it to the NFL. I want to be a professional athlete. And to do that, I've had to put in hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of work to, to get to that point. And a lot of it was doing it myself. And so I've learned to have an insane work ethic. And so for me, like my, I hope that to these teams, I'm portraying that I'm a kind of guy that's going to do whatever it takes. You tell me to do something, you tell me to study film and not sleep before practice the night before I'll do it. Like just, I'm the kind of guy that if you ask me to do something, I'm going to make it happen and I'll do it without you. I'll work without you. But even more than that, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So mm -hmm. with some, with some direction from these, from these NFL teams and these NFL GMs, like, and these coaches, I'm the kind of guy that, will do whatever it takes to be successful. If I need to get up at 2 a.m. to be there and to work out and then go over film before we go to practice, like I'm, I'm going to make that happen because I'll do whatever it takes to be successful. So I'm that kind of guy, like, like that Imagine Dra Dragon song, whatever it takes, like I'm, I'm, I'm a whatever it takes kind of guy. Oh boy. We're bringing Imagine Dragons into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. It's a no, good no, song. No, no. It's, it's, I was, I was in New Mexico when that thing came out and that oh, whole yeah? album yeah no and i would be walking through the back country and stuff and in, in the mountains there up in northern new mexico and oh heck yeah. had my headphones in listening to you know imagine dragons that whole evolve album it was awesome right 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 no, yeah i was into that shit back then back in the day yeah yeah so, yeah there you go there you go <laughs> nah, so no because now now it's metal man we're we're heavy hardcore metal over here so you're heavy metal okay oh, okay yeah. okay so there you go what kind of listen what kind of music you listen to uh, I, I listen to hip hop mostly, mostly popular music. Um, I kind of, it's funny cause my friends, I have like a weird taste. So like, I like, I like some rap songs, but it's gotta be more like, I gotta like the beat more than like, you know, some of the, the, the hardcore stuff. And then, you know, 
even like some of the country songs it's not i don't really like country country but you know i like the the songs that are more the, like hip-hop, the pop country, country songs. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. So, so what you're saying is the fake country. No, I'm, 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 I can the say that. I'm, I, live, <laughs> right, I live in right. Nashville, you know. I can say fake country. So, right. Uh, my, yeah. my country, my, my friends that are fans of country are like, ah, oh, you're fake country. And my friends that are super rap people are like, ah, oh, you're, you're fake rap. I'm like, well, whatever. It's just my style, I guess. I like, I like hip hop and pop, pop music. I would say. There's, there's a band you should check out it regardless, and because it might be in your okay. taste, and it's called Eminence. Uh, okay okay they're like so they're basically heavy metal you take out the lead guitar and you replace it with a violin Ooh. okay oh, it's okay wild. i might like it that is, it is wild man it's it's fun it's a lot of fun i'll have to check it out last thing i got for you here man is you're about to go do the national scouting combine up there in mm-hmm. indianapolis in fact i believe you're talking to me from your hotel room there in indianapolis yep. mm-hmm. you know to just to make that distinction it's not the NFL combine. It's not the one that everyone knows. It is the national yep. scouting combine. It's a bit of a smaller event, they, but it's still a good one. What are you hoping to kind of go out there and show? I know that they just had the combine there, like the actual drills, like the combine yep. uh, testing today. And then tomorrow they're going to do a scrimmage and some other stuff and practice. What are you kind of hoping to go out there and show? And what are some of the things that, you know, you hope to take away from this event? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like we talked before, just like any event, any, any event that you're going to, that you're going to be in front of, Pro Scouts, it's an opportunity to put your name out there, especially being a small school guy. That's what I want to do. So I just want to go out and, uh, you know, throw the ball well, show off, show off the arm strength that I do have. Cause I feel like I, you know, I feel like I, 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 I wouldn't say my arm's weak. I do have a strong arm, you know, but I think the other thing is show off the fact that the little things, the nuances in my game that I am good at too, like my accuracy, like my ability to be able to throw off platform. And I think these scouts will show for it. Um, you know, I, I just got a, a text from the guy who runs it, the who does the um, scouting for this event. And he told me that um, Doug Whaley with the USFL, uh, had a player personnel at the USFL, had asked for my contact and wants to look into me too. So, you know, just like we had talked about before, all of these events that you're getting in front of these these pro teams, um, you know, is, is a good event to go to and, and put your name out there. So I think for me, it's just to, first of all, not get hurt. And then to, you know, be able to go out there and perform and show up, show what I can do. You know, hey, you're going to be, you're going to be fine in all this, man. I think you got the good attitude. You have the work ethic and you'd like to do the study. And that's what you have to be as a quarterback. You know, the, the yes, biggest sir. guys that failed at that position were all guys that just didn't work, you know, at the end right. of the day, you know, they didn't put exactly. the work in, they didn't want to watch the tape, you know, and I don't think that's a problem for you. So mm-hmm. obviously, man, best of luck to you in this process. It's, it's been a pleasure you know, getting a chance to see you there at the Tropical Bowl scrimmage. And then, yes, you know, getting to – now I get to keep up with you, man. You might be in the USFL <laughs> next year. Who knows? Maybe you're in the XFL. You never know with yep. this with this business. It's crazy. Exactly. We're looking forward to seeing what happens, you know, and mm-hmm. I think you're going to do just fine. You're going to continue to get better every day, and you're going to become a pretty decent quarterback. You're going to have a respectable career, and that's more than a lot of people can say. Yep. I highly agree. And thank you so much. It was, it was so good to meet you as well at the Tropical Bowl. And, you know, thank you for taking your time out to interview me. I love it. Uh, obviously, man. Had to. Had to. Mm-hmm. Got a guy, the ball placement. The placement. The placement. The placement. <laughs> you know, that's incredible. So. Exactly.